0: Purification of the Heart and Soul by Hassan Rasul, based on the works of Hamza Yusuf. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace be upon you wherever you may be. Let us start by addressing this disease of the heart by a question Are you a miser? Nobody likes a miser, do they? Well, today's trait is miserliness. Now then, the refusal to give what is obliged according to the sacred law or to virtuous merit is the essence of miserliness which is mentioned among one of the worst diseases of the heart. As for the obligations of sacred law, they are such things as, as you know, zakat, supporting one's dependence, the rights due to others, and relieving the distressed. Examples of no doubt virtuous acts which include not nitpicking over trivialities. When hosting guests or concerning something in which such behaviour is inappropriate, such as like purchasing a burial shroud, yes, a burial shroud, you won't believe. People even bargain when they are buying the burial shroud of their loved ones. Such as purchasing a burial shroud should never be haggled upon, or even purchasing something you intend to donate to the needy. Thus, one who makes matters difficult for one whose rights clearly render this inappropriate to do so, such as a neighbor has indeed torn away the veils of dignity. This is as the majestic and guiding sages and great Ouliyah and pious predecessors have guided and stated. This is comparable to one who fulfills the obligations without good cheer or who spends from the least of what he possesses. Its root is love, love of this world for its own sake or so that the self, the selfish self can acquire some of its fleeting pleasures. The two aspects of miserliness is mentioned by our scholars. One relates to the Sharia, the sacred law, that is rights due to Allah, the rights due to God and His creation. And the other pertains to Muru'ah, which is the important Arabic concept that connotes manliness and valor. You see, in pre-Islamic Arab culture, valor was a defining concept. It is similar to Western ideals of chivalry and virtue. The Latin word vir means man. Similarly, the Arabic root For virtue Murua is a cognate of the word for man, though scholars state that it refers both to manliness and humanity. Regarding the first aspect, the sacred law obliges the payment of zakat, as we know, charity distributed to the needy, right? Miserliness is the form of not giving zakat is explicitly forbidden. So dig deep into your pockets if you are in miser. Because remember if you do not give your zakat, a pillow of Islam, it is haram, it is Forbidden. The same is true with the one's obligation to support his wife and children. Even if the couple suffers a divorce, the man must still pay child support. When it comes to the obligations of sacred law, miserliness is the most virulent form, meaning extremely harmful to your own self. In terms of valour now, our scholars go on in some detail. One should never create difficulty over paltry matters, over trivial matters. When it comes to debt, it is far better for the creditor to be flexible and magnanimous than demanding and being unbearable keep on phoning you know where's my money I lent you my money you know a year ago and you said you're going to pay me and I'm going to you know take you to the cleaners I'm going to take you to court this is not a magnanimous character yes if someone owes you money you are entitled to get that money back but there is a way of dealing with this graciously. So don't be unbearable. And this is especially true when the creditor is not in need of the repayment. You might be a rich man. You might have hundreds of thousands of pounds. And even then, you knocking down and breaking down the door of a debtor who owes you maybe a hundred pounds or a hundred and fifty dollars, while you have hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars, this is not, again, magnanimous behavior. An understanding and compassionate creditor is one who has valor. This is what we are talking about. Having this quality of magnanimity, you know, is not an obligation in sacred law because the creditor has the right, as we said, to what is owed to him. But if he is someone who has no feeling or no concern over the debtor, the one that owes him the money, and insists on his payment, this is considered. Reprehensible. An Islamic ethic for the wealthy is that they exude magnanimity, generosity, and a demeanor of lenience. A prophetic saying recounts that the wealthy individual should instruct his servants when collecting money on his behalf. If the debtors do not have the means of paying back, tell them their debts are absolved. How beautiful is that? When this man dies, according to the saying of the Prophet, the Hadith, God Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to his angels, this man was forgiven of people's transgressions against him and I'm more worthy of forgiving transgressions, therefore I forgive him. When hosting guests is an interesting concept. When you host a group of guests, one should not be pernickety. What that means For example, if a guest spills something on your carpet, the host should not display sudden anger or worse yet, scold or shout at the guest. It may be an expensive carpet or a very beautiful Italian sofa. But still you have to restrain your anger towards your esteemed guest. It is far better to show valour and be humane in making one's guest feel no consternation at all. Make them feel at ease. Oh, that's not a problem. We will wash that out. Oh, it's an old sofa anyway. Don't you worry. Always make them feel at ease. Our scholars also explain that when one buys a funeral shroud, there should be no haggling, as mentioned before, over the cost. For a funeral shroud, the kafan, should remind one of death and a worldly matter haggling over prices should not be involved in this obtainment. One should also not haggle over prices when buying livestock, animals, cows, sheep in order to give meat to the needy. The same principle applies when purchasing any goods, especially when they are goods intended for charity. A person who doles out of difficulty without cause strips away the veils of dignity. This is what the wise guides, our sages and scholars have said. It is equally regrettable when one discharges an obligation or fulfills a trust without good cheer. When paying charity, for example, one should smile and be humble, allowing the hand of the indigent to be above the giver's hand. Don't make them feel inferior to you. It is an absolute privilege to be in a position to offer charity and an honor for you and your family. To fulfill this divine obligation, give graciously but at the same time, give with humility. It is absolutely frowned upon, disliked, to give away charity of what is shoddy and inferior. Like you know old goods, torn clothes. No, if you want to give something, give something of Quality. I remember Sheikh Hamza saying regarding people donating computers and goods to mosques. They give literally old computers and old equipment, which really are of no use. If you want to give something, give something of true quality that will benefit an organization. And it's not a matter of being ungrateful, absolutely not. But it's a matter of, if you want to give something, don't get rid of your junk, right? That's the point he was making and I think that's a profound point. And a great lesson for us all, to give what, of what we love. Feel the pinch. Love for your brother what you love for yourself, right? Right? The Muslim tradition Is to give away from what one loves Allah will bless you God blesses this charity And extend its goodness Absolutely you will see it in your life If you trust And give With that generous flowing stream of a hand You will be rewarded tenfold It is mentioned in the Qur'an. O you who believe, spend from the good things that you have earned and from what we what we brought out for you from the earth. And do not seek what is inferior in order to spend from it, though you yourselves would not take it unless your eyes were closed to it. And know that God is ever rich and worthy of praise. And in another verse, you will not attain to righteousness until you spend of what you love. You see generosity is one of the highest virtues of Islam and one of the manifest qualities of the beloved Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him He was known as the most generous of people The word for generosity used here is derived from the Arabic word Karam which also means nobility in fact one of the most excellent names of God one of the names of Allah is al Karim, the generous it is better to go beyond the Minimum of what the sacred law demands when giving charity. This generosity is an expression of gratitude to God, who is the ultimate provider of all wealth and provision, anyway. The etiology of miserliness is love of the fleeting our attachment to the world materialistic aspects of this fleeting world the miser ardently clings hoards this world and the wealth within it the word for Cling. Cling. In Arabic is Masak, which is derived from another Arabic word that means. Are you ready for this? This is really interesting. So let's just recap. The word for cling in Arabic is Masak. Cling to hold on to, to hoard, to keep. The word for cling is masak, which is derived from another Arabic word that means constipation. Miserly people are those who are unable to let go of something that is otherwise poisonous to them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Allah, God Almighty, has made what is excreted from the son of Adam A metaphor for the world, this dunya When one is hungry, one seeks out food, eats and is pleased However, when it leaves this body of ours It is the most odious of things. Giving zakat is letting go of the portion of one's wealth to purify all of one's other assets and ultimately one's soul. It is possible. That one's earnings may have some impurity in it. You don't know where and how that money has come to you sometimes. It may have come from a doubtful source. So by giving your zakat, which is an obligation, one purifies one's provisions from whatever unknown impurities that may have entered imam ali anh, he said the worst person is the miser in this world he is deprived of his own wealth and in the hereafter he is punished the ultimate casualty of miserliness is the miser himself. You see, many wealthy people in our society live impoverished lives. They may be wealthy, but really they are poor. Though they may have millions in the bank, their choice of lifestyle is not inspired by spiritual austerity. On the contrary, it causes them great discomfort to spend their money, even on themselves and their families, let alone on others. The nature of the miser is that he does not benefit his wealth in this world. And in the hereafter, he is bankrupt and debased, humiliated, for refusing to give to the needy. In doing so, he refuses to purify his wealth and prevents it from being a cause of light and relief in the hereafter. The miser would argue that he hoards, he colds, he hoards and he holds his wealth to alleviate his fear of Poverty. Remarkably, however, the miser never truly feels relieved of anxiety. He is always stressing. A miser is constantly worried about money and devoted to servicing his worry. The Prophet, peace be upon him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam once asked some clansmen about their leader, and they mentioned his name and said that he is a bit of a miser. And the Prophet Sallallahu wa sallam peace be upon him, said, "A leader should never be a miser." Then he added, "Do you know of any disease?" that is worse than miserliness, treat this by realizing that those who achieved affluence and richness and pomp and glory did so only by exhausting themselves over long periods of time, thus finally accumulating what they sought. Meanwhile, just as they approach the heights of this earthly splendor, death suddenly assails them. Because as we know, every soul shall taste death. Treat miserliness by also recognizing the disdain shown to the miser's. People don't like a miser, so why be someone who people don't like? And the hatred people have for a miser, even hatred amongst the misers themselves. With this same treatment, treat the person whose heart's ailment is love of wealth. So in conclusion, the treatment. The treatment for miserliness is realizing that those who achieve wealth of this world usually do so by over-exhausting themselves over long periods of time, working for it day and night. Meanwhile, life passes on and time runs out the culture of wanting more, that greed and that selfish capitalistic mentality, simply for the sake of more and more and more, how can they occupy a person for their entire lifetime? How tragic. But in the end, life is over. It terminates For the beggar and the king, just the same way, whether one is old or young, rich or poor, happy or sad. Our scholars and great sages have advised us to reflect long and hard on the fact that just as people climb the heights of success and affluence and start to achieve what they have worn themselves out for, death grabs them without any invitation. When death takes us and moves us on, our wealth stays behind those fancy apartments those beautiful garments and steeds and automobiles are all left behind for others to wrangle over and spend. One must also realize the level of disdain shown to the misers. People don't like misers. So don't be one. Be generous amongst your own family. Be generous amongst your neighbors, your community, your friends. Be generous. People will remember you for that. But most of all, in the eyes of the Lord of the heavens and the earth, who gave you that wealth? In His eyes. You will be known to be a true generous one. Like our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So realizing the hatred that others have for people who are misers, surely this should be enough for you to turn away from this horrific disease. This concludes the first disease that we have addressed, we pray, we ask Allah to allow us to remove this trait from our hearts. And we ask Allah to make us even more generous than we already are. Alhamdulillah, we will see you in the next episode which will be about wantonness. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Hassan Rasool signing off. Until the next episode. It is important that we note that this book, The Purification of the Heart, Signs, symptoms, and cures of the spiritual diseases of the heart, translated and the commentary of Imam al mauluds Matharat al Qulub, written by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, narrated by Hassan Rasul.